Hi, and welcome to our kickoff episode. Well, hi, everybody. I am Maggie. Um, I am an almost 40-year-old, or I may be 40 by the time you're listening to this. <laughs> um, and I live on the outskirts of Austin. Keeping it weird. <laughs> and I'm Corey, your other co-host. And uh, I'm also almost 40. And I am in Houston, Texas, sweating my buns off right now because it's August. So on this episode, we just kind of want to have our listeners get to know us a little bit and our timeline to our friendship um, so that you can feel a little bit more connected when we're discussing our lives. So we first met around the age of about 14 um, at a teen support group. Uh, So I remember you and a bunch of other girls kidnapped me which is what we used to call it when you were kind of like making a newcomer feel special and y'all kidnapped me cleared it with my mom somehow and took me to this girl's house and just had the most massive girl sleepover ever yeah it was weird and also awesome (laughs) it was weird (laughs) we ate frozen egg rolls and watched Beavis and Butthead does America. (laughs) (laughs) Smoked cigarettes. Smoked a lot of cigarettes. (laughs) Super fun. Um, I'm just going to pause right there and rewind because you're forgetting one of the most crucial parts of our first meeting, you and I, and had an introduction and uh and you were like getting ready to go and you had on like this classic 90s t-shirt with a smiley face on it and like big baggy jeans and for whatever reason maybe like when you're 14 your first question when you meet someone is what kind of music do you like right right and I asked you and you said rap music and I was like yes I believe you told me that Snoop Dogg was your favorite rapper I don't remember who I told you who my favorite rapper was, but it may have been Bone Thugs and Harmony. Okay. We can unpause, fast forward back to after the sleepover into the, into the months, years ahead. We kind of were just like friends that hung occasionally. And then somewhere we started to like hang out more. Yeah. We were like 19, 18, 19. Yeah. Kind of moving out. Yeah. I moved you out of that nanny job house. I was a live-in nanny. Yes. And it was real weird and I needed to leave. So. (laughs) So we moved you out in the middle of the night. (laughs) And then you moved in with my boyfriend. God, it sounds weird, right? Okay, so it was like 19. No, I think it was 20. We were 20. He was a little older. Y'all were dating. Him and I, you know, were buddies. I moved out of the nanny job. 
needed a place to go. He happened to be shopping for an apartment by himself. And of course, when you have a roommate and you're broke, like it's way cheaper to live, right? If you're splitting rent. So he was happy to kind of let me move in with them. (laughs) It was not romantic whatsoever. No, but I think the best part is that it was a one bedroom. It was it was a one bedroom studio apartment. It didn't even have a bedroom door. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> like we we hung a curtain. That was our little door. We had so much fun and really like good relationships. You know, or re- close relationships. Lived with your boyfriend. Y'all broke up. Still lived with your boyfriend. Oh yeah. And I think that post-breakup, like, freedom was really fun. Like, I think that was really the the brink of you and I kind of breaking out into uh, trying out, like, nightclub scene where, like, we would wait till ladies' night at a multitude of different clubs in the Houston area. Ladies' night, for those of you who don't peruse clubs, is, like, if you're a woman, you get into the club by 10 o'clock, you get in free. And this was, right. of course, 11. those were the better ones. Right. 10 was like, no one's there. You're sitting there waiting. Um, yeah. And so like we didn't drink. And so we, we wouldn't pay uh, to get in. We didn't drink alcohol. So we didn't pay for drinks. We just mm-hmm. like drank water. <laughs> and we just dance our asses off all night. We danced our asses off in, in heels. In heels. Good times. <laughs> We did that a lot. We did that so much. Like we played the odds so well that we actually both met our current husbands at stinky ass nightclubs. Yes. Because we... so weird. <laughs> so weird. Unheard of today I in know. the digital age. Nobody meets people at bars or whatever and then marries them. <laughs> we, well, I don't... I don't know. I feel like I gave my my phone number to like whoever asked. I think you were a little more particular, <laughs> which is probably I would good. Number or I had my club name if I didn't like. <laughs> what was your club name? Tiffany. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, I was Veronica. Yes, you were Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so stupid. Yeah. If me today, I would have just been like, get out of my face. Right. Like Bye. if we knew, <laughs> if we had the like self-esteem and like self-awareness yes. that we have now, life would have been really different. Absolutely. You moved in with me and another friend. We were like 21. Barely. Mm-hmm. And y'all, y'all had just started running this little apartment and I was sort of a nomad. Like I, me and your boyfriend stopped living together and I was just kind of, it was always like survival. I was like, oh snap, I need a place to stay again. And it just happened that y'all were like willing to work it out with me because you loved me or whatever. And it was a two bedroom. You were like, I'll share my tiny bedroom. Yeah. you remember that neighbor? <laughs> oh, my. That we thought was twins? 
<laughs> and I asked him about his twin brother and he thought I was crazy. Oh my god. It was like we had like a like one of them was fatter. Yes. <laughs> the fat brother and then the thinner one. Was one of them cuter? One was cuter. <laughs> oh my god. This was one singular man that lived in our apartment complex. One man. And it, we he he was two men in our minds though yeah because like we it was both of us it wasn't just like one of us convincing the other right we were like having literal like legitimate conversations about this pair of cute twin brothers that lived in our apartment complex that was actually just one man just one man <laughs> you asked him about his brother i did He's like, what? I live here alone. I don't have a twin brother. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, we were barely 21 and just like barely like a, like getting into adulthood. And that was super fun. Y'all's lease that y'all had signed like without me because I moved in later, I guess mm-hmm. was up. And we wanted to move into a bigger place because we liked being roommates. The roommate years were hard, I think, because I grew up as an only child and I, I don't think that I played well with others uh like we I just remember just being so petty about stupid shit like and I was I was very messy I didn't do my dishes I wasn't a stellar roommate but I was always like I feel like I was always grumpy about something and so I just want to make a public apology to you for that (laughs) I'm not sure I was a whole lot of fun to live with Remember we would come home like laughing as if we were drunk, completely sober? <laughs> uh, yeah, girl. We just had all that like dopamine from all the dancing. Yeah. Drive our Some... other roommate insane. Nobody loved it as much as we did. No, we were. It was life. It was life. It was life. And we were, we were a dynamic duo. Absolutely. Well, us getting like serious and our boyfriends was probably like the undoing right because like clubbing kind of settled at some point like getting into like a serious relationships with these guys that we met I think definitely shifted our relationship which I think is natural and normal but it it was kind of hard it was because I felt almost like I mean not by anybody's fault but maybe just even my own like I've I lost some friends for this man you know yeah 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 priorities change and um (laughs) for whatever reason you and I were just ready to dive into like settling down at (laughs) such a young age we were both like (laughs) in love with these guys and just like okay we're done but yeah we I moved in with my boyfriend was it then that I called you was that that phone call yeah some time had passed we kind of were disconnected and then well you say it was a phone call you called me multiple times trying to reach out and I was straight up ignoring you right maybe this is why I was so angry because this was like my last like like my last call yeah yeah I had been like declining your calls I I forgot about that I was so petty I was so petty I'm like all she cares about is her stupid boyfriend like yeah that is what she cares about. Like, that's normal. I was just, again, I'm an only child. Okay. I don't know about these things. I called you to pro- probably leave a message, right? Because you weren't going to answer. 
right. and it's just gonna be like, <laughs> screw you. I'm moving to Austin. If you want to find me, call me. I'm done. <laughs> and then you answered, and I was like, oh, hello, hi there. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> And it's at some point in the conversation, which was very pleasant. It was like totally a like sweet, miss you, girl. Haven't talked to you in so long. At some point, I confessed that I didn't even intend to pick up the phone. I went to decline the call and I answered it. It was fate. It was. It was fate keeping us together. So she had a really hard time. I still have a hard time like being like upfront and honest about my emotions with you. We're, we're working it out. We're, we're, it's a process, right? Right. right. Yeah. And y'all made the move to Austin, the first move to Austin. Mm-hmm. And um, we did our best to stay connected. And yeah, I think we survived that because I was kind of getting married. And by kind yeah. of, I mean, I was. <laughs> you were very much getting married. Right. Girl, I was so involved. I was right. like, let me plan this party and oh yeah you did all the parties that was so fun girl that was so fun so my older sister made everclear jello shots uh for like party right and man they were about 75 percent everclear Then when we got to the club, they were like pouring tequila in my mouth. <laughs> oh my God. That, I can't believe that I woke up the next day and was not hungover and you had a damn Red Bull. <laughs> I think I had two Red Bulls. I, my stomach was all messed up. Or maybe I, maybe I was having like a sympathy hangover because I'm so codependent. <laughs> you didn't have one because I had it for you. You, you know how- it for me. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and you had this beautiful wedding on a cruise ship before it embarked on your honeymoon, which you you guys invited all your friends and family to go on with you. And it was super fun. And so much fun. It was really the, the beginning of um, another chapter for me because I got pregnant on your honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, fast forward a little bit. We're living our best grown-up lives. Um, you guys made you guys went made your way back to Houston. Got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, it worked out for me because then right? I got you- to see my friend again, and I got pregnant, and we had our our babies very close together, and that was very magical. It was, and they still like have a little connect. I think they do too. Yeah. And for a long time, they looked alike. So freaking much. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Like they could have been twins. Yes. Boy, girl, twins. So cute. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you guys went back to Austin and um, that was kind of tough to manage because, you know, life just gets more complicated. Well, I think for you, you were feeling like, yeah, we're growing apart. And for me, because I've given the list, the listeners some history of my only child dumb and my problem with feeling, I don't know, responsible for your feelings <laughs> so much so that I don't make you aware of my feelings. And, uh, and then I'm mad at you about it. 
just wasn't managing um, our connection very well. And if you don't do that, you kind of lose it, right? Right. Definitely me not making it a priority, not making time for us, even like in weekly conversations, like phone wise or what any type of way, you know, definitely caused damage and harm to that relationship for a while. After kind of falling, not, we didn't fall out that last time. There was no, no fallout. Was no- you got active on Instagram. We became Instagram friends. And, and like, it just felt like, uh, like I was part of your life a little bit. Yeah, same. I, I felt like involved or a part or like, which only made me miss you like all over again or more or, you know. Yeah. Which I think builds until it's time to make the connection, you know, like, mm-hmm. no, you really do miss this person in your life. No, they were that important to you. What the hell are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and then 2020 hit and then the George Floyd murder happens and the world is kind of shook. White people are figuring out that it's not the way they've known it to be. You decide to do a book circle, you know, doing the book, um, Me and White Supremacy by Layla Assad. Man, you had posted about it on Instagram probably three to five times. <laughs> yeah. And each time like piqued my interest more and more and more and more. And it, I don't even think it was like a piquing my interest to the book, you know, now that we are where we are. But I think it was more like, like, yes, you should do this, but also, yes, you should reach out. Mm. Like, like this is a support system. You can be a support system. Mm-hmm. You your friend, what the hell, you know, all of it was kind of like a flooding in. Like each time I saw a post about it and I'm like, fine. So I finally DM you and I'm like, <laughs> I'm interested in doing this book circle. And so we did. We did. It was such a bright spot in such a dark place. Like it was such a little light, like a shining light, just all of that, that you were connecting with the anti-racism stuff and that you, you know, wanted to be a part of my thing and the universe, angels, <laughs> whatever. All of it. Drove that. Yeah. 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 I, truly, I truly believe that. And there was even like a moment, even though we were doing the book circle, we still weren't fully like communicating Mm-mm. outside of that. Mm-mm. And so there was like a moment where I was just like, man, I feel real uncomfortable at, with this section of the book. Like, I don't feel like it relates to me. We didn't really talk about that in our first book circle, but I wanted to talk about it. And like, I don't know. But eventually I was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and we like had our first conversation. At least that's how I remember that going down. I don't know. If- <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like it was, it was awkward. Like it, we were reconnecting and it, it was a little bit awkward. It also of felt course. really, really good. Yes. Awkward. A hundred percent. I am <laughs> probably the most awkward human on the planet <laughs> in general. We got over it and then like other conversations happened and got these angel numbers that led me in some weird direction. <laughs> you were like, girl, let me tell you. And I was like, oh, snap. This shit is awesome. Yeah. You were probably <laughs> like Brant, my husband kind of looked at me like I was crazy. 
sometimes with those angel numbers and you were like the only person minus the person I believed who was like sent to teach me about them. Yeah. We're like the only one that was like, yeah. Girl, I needed that inspo. Like you were talking about it and in it being like this, like you were feeling tugged, you were feeling shifted, you know, you were feeling driven and you wanted to talk about that. And it, it was very inspiring to me. I was like, yes, tell me more. It was, I think I was kind of in a, in a dark place, just kind of this residual quarantine stuff dragging out. And it was just hard. And you were talking about something that was really cool. And also I grew up with some like kind of like new age religion stuff. So it right. wasn't totally weird to me to hear what you were talking about. And like, yeah. I could really, I could really align with it. I mean, I totally felt validated. So <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I definitely believe the purpose in talking it out with you and you just like being so accepting of it or like validating was like kind of to be where we are today. Yeah. I believe that my angels or my ancestors were definitely guiding me. I think you had your own guidance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think ultimately that led us on the path to doing an anti-racism podcast. And um, it wasn't even that long ago that we did some very thoughtful planning and learning from some brilliant ladies that we follow on Instagram. And we decided that that wasn't us staying in our lane. So we um, had a change of heart. Uh, We decided if we really value the work of the anti-racism educators that we've learned so much from, then we will amplify their hard work and not position ourselves as the authority on the lived experience of Black, Indigenous, and people of color. Our mission, I think, overall is that we have some experience and hope to inspire others with our personal experience and our ability to be authentic and talk about the uncomfortable stuff and also to be able to laugh at ourselves along the way. Um, You know, not take ourselves too seriously, um, but that the goal is ultimately to grow and and there are pains that come along with that. And that's um, that's not something that uh, we don't need to be transparent about. Um, that was one of the biggest lessons in doing that. The book, Me and White Supremacy, was that this ugly work. And there's not really a way to do it without like confronting how ugly it is. Right. Um, and that that process is relevant to other life work. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you haven't already, we've we've talked about me and white supremacy. We can't recommend it enough. It's not a book that you just read. It's a book that you do. So there's some introspective journaling that goes along with it. Um, it's an excellent, uh, very user-friendly guide to understanding racism and anti-racism. And it is uh, written by Layla L-A-Y-L-A Saad, which is S-A-A-D. You can find her on Instagram as well. We want to give a quick shout out to a couple of people that we've talked about without naming them 
who were part of that kind of uh, coming to to grips with the reality that we needed to uh, shift gears on the podcast theme. Three folks, Eliana Chinea, E-L-I-A-N-A, Chinea, C-H-I-N-E-A, at Just Ask Jenny and at Divesting from Whiteness. That's Kina Reed. She also has Hug Your White Friends. Um, That's all Instagram. We really appreciate you listening. Um, Please download and review and go to our Instagram pod up close uncomfortable. Give us a follow, like our stories, like our posts. I did my first reels on Instagram this week. Go ahead and like that. It glitched a little bit and didn't come out as cute as I wanted it to. It was fine. (laughs) All right, y'all. I hope that you tune in in the next two weeks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.